guys were just like, am I, you know, are we dating for content? Are we dating for, for real? Right. And I was like, no, we're dating for content. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I was like, okay, maybe like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn, and today we have an amazing episode with a very amazing guest. Serena Kerrigan is here, also known as SFK, also known as the Queen of Confidence, and the founder of her empire, Let's Fucking Date. And she has amassed over half a million followers on TikTok. She got a ton on Instagram too, and she's also my friend. Hey, Serena, welcome to Vulnerable. Thank you so much for having me. I love your studio setup. It's Thank very you. Christine. Cool okay, also, guys, she is the curator of the Vegas trip that I've been talking about for multiple episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's literally so iconic. <laughs> because I had Harry on the pod, and then I had um, Hallie on the pod. Yeah. And I want to have a Chang. And I was like, literally, I've talked about this Vegas trip so much, and Serena is the one that made it happen. I know. That was really random, but really <laughs> fun. I feel like I curated a really good vibe, and then I was hooking up with the videographer on the trip. <laughs> She and was. like after I got like the feels a little bit what but I did and then I was like oh my god like maybe I'll just like move to me <laughs> that was short-lived yeah but actually you changed my life because because I met Harry Harry introduced me to this studio and that's why I have my podcast here see everything happens for a reason it happened that's why you have to go to Vegas to blackout <laughs> often um okay so we're gonna do what's going Vaughn do you remember how hot it was on that trip we were dying remember how hot it was it was I mean Vegas is like you could crack an egg on the yeah. sidewalk it was very very hot sorry I just I'm, I'm feeling hot right now because no. I look it um so <laughs> it, I just had to bring that up it's also super hot in the studio today but um we're gonna do what's going Vaughn Rihanna her baby name has come out Rihanna and ASAP the baby name is Riza or Z-A right what do you think about celebrities naming their babies crazy names? My mom wanted to name me Strawberry because she was extremely hormonal. And my dad obviously said no. I'm kind of pissed. I feel like I'd be a good Strawberry. Berry for short. Berry's kind of um, cute. Yeah, cute. But I don't care. Like, I feel like, do you. It's your baby. I think the more unique, the better. I hated Serena growing up because I wanted to be like a Jennifer or like a Jessica. Like basic. A basic name. Basic I wanted a basic name that you could have, like, Jen or Jess. Like, I, I was, like, people call me, like, Reens, you know? Like, like what? So I didn't like that, but now I, I really have grown to love my name. I mean, I'm named Serena, which I share a name with the goat, so. That's true. Um, no, Serena's, like, I didn't know a single Serena until maybe 2020. Yeah. And I don't and think. And then they just popped up, like, crazy. <laughs> Literally. See, I'm I am an influencer. You're the third Serena I've had on this podcast. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, well, we'll see. The bar is set pretty high for me. But yeah, I mean, Rihanna, like Riza, like great. I mean, I think. Like SZA. Yeah. RZA, Riza. I, I'm, I'm I assuming wonder what, it's pronounced Riza. I, really I don't wonder know. what his nickname is. Like Rizzy? Riz. It's kind of cute. Riz. kind of cute. Riz the thing. Riz sounds like a fuck boy <laughs> in the making. But it's, the full name is Riza Athelston Mayers, because I think ASAP's real name is Athelston Mayers. But I'm kind of like. Like, Rihanna didn't change her name, as far as I know, her right. last, when they, well, they're not, well, yeah. But, like, if you have a baby with someone and you're not married, are they married? No. They're not married. I wouldn't want to name my baby the guy's name, mm -hmm. personally. I agree. Yeah. I, I would want it to be, like, not hyphenated, but, like, the, you know, both of the names. Yeah. 
I just feel like if I'm birthing the baby and we're not married, then like it's going to have my name. I think right. that makes more sense. I mean, I don't ever plan on changing my name. So yeah, my baby will have my name. The jury's still out for me. I, I haven't decided. It depends how good of a name it is. Yeah, I don't want to change to a shitty name, obviously, but I kind of like my name. Yeah, I love your name too. And also <laughs> it's the name of your podcast, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to no, do a rebrand. Started a brand. I uh, can't change the name now, um, which is good because I wanted to talk about branding today. So I feel like... I genuinely feel like you are a marketing and branding genius. Thank you. Like, I feel like, and I want to know where it came from. But like, first, let's talk about, I like to ask everyone what their sign is, where they're originally from, and how old they are. So let's do that. Okay. My big three, I'm an Aries, Cancer Moon, Cancer Rising. Okay. Um, which explains this like duality that I have with this like bad bitch and then like this soft, sensitive side yeah. of me. Uh, I'm from Manhattan, the Upper West Side. Morningside Heights, really, like by Columbia University is where I grew up. Yeah. And what was the last question? How old you are you? I'm 29. Okay, cool. And for everyone who doesn't know who you are, tell me like, obviously I know the story, but like a brief synopsis of like kind of how you got here with Let's Fucking Date. Yeah. So I was, I went to Duke. I graduated. I moved back at, in, at home with my mom and I worked at Refinery29 for three and a half years as a video producer. I did a ton of live content. I ran their Snapchat channel for a whole year. Like I was really like in the thick of it. I've interviewed every celebrity ever, including my favorite Meghan Markle. She was the best. Well, I wasn't, I didn't interview her. I assisted in an interview. <laughs> I gave her a water. You were there. <laughs> but nobody has to know. Um, but she was very, very polite and, and, and gracious. I always like to say that because I feel like she's obviously gotten a lot of flack. So right. It's important to say that Meghan Markle was fantastic. Okay. You heard it here first. I'm done. You heard it here first. <laughs> so um, then afterwards, I really felt like it was time to quit my job. I was building this brand on the side, you know, which was SFK, Serena fucking Kerrigan, the Queen of Confidence. I really wanted to make people, specifically women, feel empowered. And I was starting to monetize it a little bit with branded content, but I was like, if I could just pour all of my effort, all of my time and passion into my brand and create a business, like I think I will be extremely successful, but I couldn't do it as a side hustle anymore. And I also wasn't making any money in digital content yeah. at the time. So I quit my job just right before the pandemic and I was sitting in my living room during lockdown, like all of us, and I was alone and I started a live dating show. I dated many Bachelor contestants on that show. Not you. Probably, <laughs> I wasn't I one yet. <laughs> um, and then I, from that, I started a card game business uh, called Let's Fucking Date because I had to go on the show and like, it, you know, thousands and thousands of people were watching me date these men on Instagram Live and it, I couldn't just play the name game being like, do you know, like Billy from Summer Camp? Like I had to come in as a producer, as a contestant, as the host. Like I was juggling so many things. So I really had to come in with the really strong questions. I put those into a list and then people started asking for those questions, and then I created three card games out of it. Yeah. So before you quit your job at Refinery, did you have somewhat of a following, or did that come when the show came? I think I had, like, 10K. Okay. That's decent. Yeah, it's more than, like, you know, it's not like you were nobody. Right. <laughs> but you were building SFK, like you said. So it was like you were doing that, and then you realized you couldn't do both at the same time. I just felt like I saw my future and I felt like I would do anything to be on camera or to pitch a show. And I wasn't met. I wasn't, it wasn't well received in the sense of like, I, I would do anything for any opportunity, but I wasn't given many opportunities. And I realized that like, no one is going to believe in you as much as you. So yeah. you need to take a chance and to take a risk on yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you feel like 
I, I think a lot of people want to start a business and look at you and look at your card game and look at what you're doing now and even look at me and look at influencers and want to grow a following. But I feel like having all of that means nothing if you don't know how to market yourself and you don't know how to build a brand. So what do you feel like is a good first step for people that look at us and maybe think like, I don't know if that's attainable. Like, I don't know how I can do that. Like, what's a good first step? Yeah, I feel like it's don't look at other people Yeah, the first step. Like, don't. This whole concept of things being oversaturated, like, I just don't believe in it. I think there's a space for everyone. Like, no one is you. No one has your story or your voice um, or your POV. But I think that when you want to – if you decide that you want to make content or build a business, I really always just think about what is something I would want to watch? What is some advice that I need? Like, I'm making videos for myself. I'm not pandering to a specific audience. Like, I made the card games because I needed them for dates, and then I figured other people might need them too. So I I really – that's I'm always going back to me because that's really, like, the only thing I can control is, like, do I like this? Would I want to watch this? And if I do, then typically an audience will kind of follow suit. But I think it's when people are looking beyond themselves themselves externally and trying to like be different just for the sake of being different. I really think it's like, what do you like to watch? What do you like to make? What is something that you want to teach yourself? And with that, you kind of give value to an external audience. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like find a hole, like find a gap, but for yourself, like that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, I mean, Yes, ideally, like, I mean, there were other card games out there, right? So I wasn't like, oh, I need this specific one to be this way. I was just like, I dated a lot and like I wrote down all these questions and like I want to make this game for myself and for my for my fans, my friends. But I, I feel like this idea that you have to put so much pressure on yourself to find this hole of something that doesn't exist, it won't exist because it's you. Like you are that part that doesn't exist yet, right? Like your voice like isn't out there in the world yet. So that's kind of like what you have to do. Yeah. I just wouldn't put so much pressure. And then in terms of actually marketing, um, that was a very nice compliment that you gave. There's nothing that like I love marketing. I love I love making branded content. I'm definitely going to make an ad for the Super Bowl one day. And I can't wait for you to cut this clip and be like, she fucking said <laughs> On my um, podcast. <laughs> but I think it's like about storytelling. Like that's really what it is. And I think – when I even launch a card game or when I do my live comedy show that Chelsea was like in one of the little videos, it was really cute. You fucking killed it. Like I always am thinking about like, what is the story that we're trying to tell? If I'm doing an ad for water bottle, like it's not about the water bottle. It's not about the product. It's about the story you're trying to tell with the products. And I think that that's what you can do for yourself. Like, what is my story here? Like I created SFK as a character. She's the queen of confidence. She walks on the sidewalk like it's her red carpet. Like she's larger than life. So everything ties back to that character. And like, what what would she say? What would she eat? What would she wear? What is she going through? I think if you can see your brand as a character, it also takes the less pressure off of you, right? Because you're like, I'm just playing a role here. And I think that that's really helpful for trying to separate like personal and business. Hmm. I think the storytelling piece that you just mentioned is so huge. And I think that's what makes everything that you do really memorable too. Because like, I literally can sit here and think about certain ads that you did for like plan B and like dynamite, which is like clothing I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Because it was so iconic. Like it literally, it was just like, whoa, like this is obviously I, I think you put way more time and effort into like some ads than personally I do. But like you can tell and it makes a huge difference. Um, I think it's because like I'm trying to go after an emotion. Like I want to evoke an emotion. I want to actually like make something with meaning. And I I mean, I 
when I was I started making movies when I was 15 I went to school for film so I like I always cool. wanted to make movies okay. I'm writing a movie <clears throat> right now like I, I feel like I use that branded content because I'm like oh my god I have budget and I have like limitations and like this brand wants this so I'm gonna figure out a way to finesse this product into a story that I want to tell yeah. but I think it's like a really fun game like of, like trying to figure out how is this gonna fit into SFK's world um, but it's about an emotion like you want people are, know you're trying to sell a product whatever but like what can you make them feel yeah. right and that's what I try to go after. You said you went to film school. So I went to Duke and I studied film at Duke. Okay, I got it. I was going to ask if your like, degree was in marketing or branding or anything like no, that. No, I just was, love it. Like yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Like I just think, but it's storytelling. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, it's a capitalist way of telling a story. I mean, right? it's all related if you think about it. Yeah. But I think sure. that at the end of the day, like it's all about branding. Like it's all about like when people see you, what do they associate you with? It could be yeah. a product. It could be an outfit. It could be a brand. Like it could be something that you say. But I really think that that's like, you know, when I, I always thought about like Halloween, like how I want to, like I, I there was one year, I think 2020, 2021, 20, like tons of girls dressed up for Halloween. Like as yeah. this guy. they did the short blonde chop, they had the blazer, they had the card game, they had the hint water, they had the dynamite, like they all, and I was like, see, that's kind of the goal is to, how is this a character? And I really think like if more people did that, they would have a stronger brand. Like if you were to turn yourself into a Halloween costume, what would it be? Yeah. How would people associate with you? I think that's a really fun exercise. <laughs> that is good. I was just thinking about it right now. Um, but I feel like like, and I wanted to mention that too, because I feel like your following is literally like, I would call it a cult following. It's definitely a cult. <laughs> I'm a cult leader, Sly. Yeah. Like you have catchphrases, like people have tattooed things that you say on their body. I know. Do it for the plot. It's crazy. So like, how did the catchphrases and all that kind of start? Was it, like, was it with you being like, what would this character say? Yeah. A hundred percent. Like that's really what it is. It's like, what would she say to herself in the mirror? Like what? I don't really know. Like I'm, I'm very observant. Like I ride the subway just to people watch like I listen and I <laughs> not read. to get anywhere <laughs> not to get anywhere I'm just riding there all day no I love riding the subway like I fucking love it obviously there's a period during the pandemic that like it might have not been as safe but like I love it like I've been riding the subway my entire fucking life and I just like I like observing people watching and sometimes these ideas come up but it's again exactly right it's like the tagline is the brand and I think you know for the people I'm sure a lot of your audience like want to be content creators or influencers because I feel like everyone does now like, I'm not so focused on the number of the following anymore. Like, I used to, like, obviously, it's dopamine. We all want a big following, da, da, da. But I feel like, for me, like, I genuinely know my audience. Like, I know my OGs. Like, I have a group chat with them. Like, I know the people that have been with me since the dating show, since I quit my job, since before that. And I think that's more important because it's like, you really, they're going to go to bat for you. They're going to tell their friends, you need to buy her card game. You need to go to her comedy show with me. Versus, like, trying to get so many people to follow you that don't actually have a connection to you. I think that's yeah. the most important thing is the quality over the quantity. Yeah. It becomes super relevant if you have a million followers and none of them engage with you or none of them feel connected to you when they see your stuff pop right. up. Totally different. So then how do you as Serena <laughs> balance like yourself and who you're presenting publicly with the character? Because I know I've seen you like post recently about like soft Serena and like bring that out and posting pictures like with your grandma, which I love the grandma content, the Nana content. The best. Um, but like, how do you balance that? Because I feel like that's something that I struggle with too, because I haven't been doing this for 10 years. Like it's very new to me. And I feel like I, 
I'm still struggling with what I want to present to people of who I am and separating that from like the public version of who I am. You know what I mean? It's really difficult. And I think that everyone, you know, can relate to it that has an online persona. I think that I really wanted like to be SFK online as a character, but also because I really think that she made me feel confident in who I am. Like, so I was almost hiding behind her like a mask. I think as I've gotten older, like, I'm in my Saturn return right now. Like, I've done a lot of therapy, a lot of work on this. Like, I'm beginning to realize that, like, saying, like, this is me, like, I'm being vulnerable, I'm being Serena is actually, like, the true meaning of confidence. And people really respond to it. Like, people, I find it really relatable. I think SFK is a fun persona that people, like, aspire to be like. But, like, I think when they see, you know, me and like, you know, pass all of that, I think they actually respond to it better. But it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Like I don't, you know, I used to share everything about my dating life. I used to date like on Instagram live and right. I used to like do videos, like going to Miami to meet a random guy. Right. Like, <laughs> I like, you know, there was, I used to give so much and I used to, and I think there was a point where I, guys were just like, am I, you know, are we dating for content? Are we dating for for real. Right. And I was like, no, we're dating for content. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I was like, okay, maybe like I don't want to do that anymore. So yeah. it's about really picking and choosing. I definitely think I've st- stepped back. Like people tell me that I've like way more, I post less. Like I, you know? Yeah. I, just, I mean, you definitely have. Like we're friends and I don't even know what's going on in your dating life right now. I know. What's going on in your dating life right now? <laughs> I just ended it with someone. It was really well, new, but no, it's it was good. It was a good thing. I think that you just become, when you become truly confident. And it's something that you have to work out all the time, I'm not confident 24 seven, but I feel like, like you just stop. I've dated so much. I probably have dated like 400 or 500 people at this point because I did like the dating show, not because like I'm a crazy serial dater, I mean, but I kind of am, whatever. It's a numbers game, baby. <laughs> but at this point, I'm just like, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Like if I'm not feeling, if I'm feeling like I have to chase you, pin you down, if I feel like you, I'm communicating my needs and you're not responding to them. You're not doing anything to actively change them. Like, it's all good. Like we're done. Like, I don't like, it's all, I just, that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. I think that like, I would find myself, you know, justifying things like, well, he's really busy or like, but he did text me at 3am saying he wanted to call me just like bullshit. Yeah. It's like, that's the bare minimum. You know, and it's like I have a friend of mine who's dating someone who like flew through New York just to spend the night with her and they live together. But like that's like how the level of commitment and like just like going out of their way and like making her feel loved that I hope to attain. So I kind of just like was like I was seeing this guy and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I think that comes with getting older, too, because like you're 29, I'm 30. Like I feel like the older you get, the more you realize like it's just not worth your peace. And it's also not a reflection of you. And I always say this, it's just like them not treating you well, them like not liking you, them rejecting you. It's just like, it's not because you're not good enough. But if you have to feel like you have to shake someone and be like, why are you hanging out with me? Or like, why don't I hear from you? Then like, what are you doing? Yeah, no. But it's also just like, it's just not worth your time. Like I would rather, once you get to the point where you'd rather be by yourself, you don't have to worry about people rejecting you because it's like, okay, I'll, I'm just going to go back to what I was doing before, which was totally fine being alone. <laughs> it was great. I like, also feel like, no, yeah, you know, you know that. Yeah, it's enough. So like last question about like branding marketing vibe kind of, what do you feel like if anything that you're doing differently than everybody else? Mm. Okay. So when I first started, like in 2019, 2018, I was like getting barely any brand deals, but I always 
took it so seriously, would hire a DP, would really create a script, hair, makeup, story, like, and my managers were like, you're spending your entire, but I was still working at Refinery, but they were like, you're spending your entire fee that you got for this on the production. Yeah. And I was like, I know. And they're like, well, that's like, what are you doing? Like, you can just prop up your camera. And I'm like, no, that is how I feel. Like, I really, like, I think of myself not as an influencer. I think of myself as a creative agency at this point, because like when a brand hires me, they're not going to get like the typical ad, which is totally fine. And it works. And people respond to it, they're going to get a full fucking real advertisement, full production. And that's what sets me apart. And so my fee is a lot higher. My turnaround is longer and some brands don't want to deal and that's fine. But like they hit every time yeah, because it's like, it doesn't feel like an ad. It feels like a short film. Yeah, And I take it very fucking seriously. And it's like, and I pour money into it because I ended up getting the return. It took a long time (laughs) to really get that return. But now like, you know, brands are coming back. Brands always are coming back. And it's not like this one-off thing. And I think I really like, I'm telling you, like, if me being on camera, if, you know, me being a filmmaker doesn't work out, like, I'll go work at it. I'll just start my own agency for ads. Like, I love it. I like eat that shit up. Um, So I think that that's what I'm doing differently. I'm always focused on the story. How do I tell a story? I think sometimes the the immediate, like, impulse or instinct is to be like, okay, I have to talk about the product. It's not what people want to hear. Yeah. Right. Like, or if you are talking about the product, like how did it meaningfully change your life? How did it meaningfully like convey some kind of emotion? You know, like I recently did a skincare ad and I, you know, (laughs) it was all about my grandma. I did it with my grandma and it was so sweet. It was all about aging and like being comfortable with aging. And the brand was like, wow, like you didn't really talk about the product that much. And I was just like, trust me when I say, this is going to go so much farther and get you so much more reach and so much more brand recognition. Like, okay, you can find another influencer to actually plug like the ingredients of the product. Right. This is about like getting your name out there. Yeah. And they pushed back a little bit, but I was just like, I'm not changing this. And they listened and, you know, and I was right. I was going to say, I feel like brands would push back because a lot of times they want, depending on the brand, obviously, they send you their creative deck and they want you to hit point A, B, and C. And they're like, you didn't say vitamin C in this specific, you know what I mean? It's confusing because I'm like, you're hiring us for a reason. We know what our audience likes. We know how to tell our story and connect with them. And ultimately, like, people aren't stupid. Like, I actually have a lot of anxiety about creating advertisements for TikTok because TikTok is about the for you page. So when you're scrolling, you're just like looking for the best hits. Like you're entertained. You want to be entertained. Right. So when you see an ad, you're like next. It's a very quick swipe of the <laughs> fucking wrist, right? Yeah. Look at the wrist. Whereas I feel like on Instagram, it's your community. They're actually attached to you. They're involved with you. They're they're excited for you. I just did an ad for Mugler yesterday and like all my community was just so excited because like it was my first time really breaking into the luxury space, right? So they're really invested. In TikTok, it's more difficult because it really can't feel like an ad. The ones where I performed the best, I did an ad for Nike where I was on the West Side Highway, and that's how that whole thing started, where, like, the West Side Highway is New York City's hottest club. The hottest men are there. So they – Nike was amazing. They were like, we just want you to, like, mention the ad in the – mention the product in the caption. Yeah. No problem. So the whole video was me talking about where to find the hottest men in New York. It went viral. And I present that ad to a lot of brands that want TikToks to show you, like – you weave it in at the end, it's subtle or put in the caption, but it can't, TikTok is like one of those things where people do not want to fucking watch advertisements on TikTok. Yeah. They think you're being inauthentic. They think you're just money grabbing. Right. Which we are. We have to make our back, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's more nuanced than that, but I prefer to make ads on, on Instagram. Yeah. I think it is a fine line for sure. And I think 
like what you said about you hired us for a reason. A lot of people will hire me and then I'll be like, this is what works for me. And they're like, no. And I'm like, what is the point here? Right. No, no. <laughs> why literally, did you, why I, did you want me if you I didn't would, want to listen? I would suggest like, I really love to get on calls with brands and really mm. have a collaborative conversation with them. Yeah. Because like, sometimes you just have to be like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll do what you want. But, or sometimes, okay, you're just not for me. Right. Like we're, we don't need to work together. And that you don't understand how many times, I mean, I have fucking in my name. So yeah. that's come up <laughs> a, lot a lot of people don't want to, <laughs> but I mean, like if I can work with plan B, which is pharma, which is the most difficult thing to, you know, get through. And it has to be so like well thought out in terms of legal. Like then I'm like, when other brands are like, we don't know. I'm like, well, I worked with pharma. Like that's very hard to do. Like I can make something for you, yeah. you know, that feels authentic or if not, you don't work with them. Right. And now you have proof and examples and you're like, okay, here, this works. I can prove it. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do Chell It Like It Is. Okay, for Chell It Like It Is, instead of advice today, we're going to do Serena's card game. Okay. So I pulled this out of my apartment. It's one of her card games. Let's fucking play. This is the most recent. Yes. Right? Okay. And we're just going to pull a couple and we're going to answer them on the fly. Okay, just to give you guys like a heads up, like it's like a masturbation focused game. <laughs> Here, you full. <laughs> okay, what's the weirdest thing someone's brought into the bedroom? Oh, for me. <laughs> I want you to answer them too. Um, I haven't done any weird kinky shit. I'm not going to lie. Like no one's brought anything weird into the bedroom for me. Like it's, it's not exciting. Lube, uh, condoms. <laughs> Those are not weird. Those are very, obvious. I don't know. A scarf. I'd say a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Okay. I'm going to pull one. Nope. Not that one. <laughs> yeah. I told you you should pre-select the cards. <laughs> Okay, what's the best piece of sex advice you've ever gotten? Um, that sex is for two people. It's not just for the guy. Like, hello. I mean. To really communicate what you want. I feel like it's interesting. Like, I have never not been confident in the bedroom. Like, that's the one place that I feel like, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I know. I feel good. Like, I don't I don't feel self-conscious. Yeah. I think about how, like, that can be a very self-conscious, like, intimate moment for someone. So it takes time to really build up and, like, have that intimacy. Yeah. But, like, you know, I don't know. Like, when I was younger, like, I would have sex with a guy and he'd come and be like, all right, bye. High five. This club. <laughs> I'm like, ah! <laughs> Now I think it's like, no. Like, I'm coming first and afterwards and during. Yeah? Yeah. What about you? I would say, like, just speak up. Because I feel like when I first started having sex, like, I wouldn't say much. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you're not going to get what you want if you're quiet. Yeah. So quiet I Quiet sex actually scares me if we're not speaking. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking about, like... <laughs> yeah, no, I like dirty talk, obviously. No, I didn't mean, like, silent sex in general. No, silent sex so <laughs> cringe. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I just meant, like, tell people, don't be afraid to say what you want. Yeah. And I feel like that took some, like learn I still honestly it's it's still like hard for me like I still have to tell myself like no say what you want bitch <laughs> in my head <laughs> in your head okay oh no okay now I'm pre-selecting the cards even though I said I wasn't going to <laughs> you, know, you didn't listen to the literal owner creator of the card game <laughs> I pulled the wrong one um Okay. The reason she's doing this isn't because the questions are bad. They're just very, very sexual. They're not bad. The they, and like not related to us right now. You know, like what position do you want to put me in right now? No, I'm just I mean, <laughs> on top, baby. See ya. <laughs> okay. Have you ever used a non-sexual object for pleasure? Mm, yeah. When I was younger, I had this thing. It was like kind of a problem. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
where I would like hump the coffee tables in my yeah when I was like before I could walk I was masturbating. <laughs> no, literally. I don't know if it was before I could walk, but as long as I could stand up, but I would literally hump like coffee tables, corners of chairs. My parents called it rocking. And it was like a problem because like, not, I mean, it's not a problem at all. Like this is why I was so confident in the bedroom. Always. I was about to say, no wonder you made this sexual But it was empire. a problem when I went to school. I, was I started ask. doing it in school. And like my teachers were literally like, we need to talk about Serena. Like she won't stop humping everything. Like literally like everything. You're talking like when you're in elementary school. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'd say like, yeah, like youngest part of elementary school. Yeah. I was out here when I was like eight. Like, actually, you know what? I probably should. I probably was. But my parents were like, this is amazing. We love this for you. Like, do it in your fucking room. Like, do not do it in public. But of course, I love attention. So, wow, that, uh, that was a great story. What great about answer. you? Um, mm, my mom listens. So what? <laughs> Sex is normal. So that's how you came, came to be here. I I have. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> like a bathtub, like the shower head. No, actually, I've tried. The shower head sucks. I've yeah, tried I it. agree. It's not the best I don't like it. I don't like sex in water either. I think it's so, what do you mean? It's literally terrifying. No. It's a horror film. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a shower sucks sex away person. Sucks all that lubrication. Okay, last one. What song gets you in the mood? I like the Weekend remix by SZA. You say you want to go. Okay. I love that song. That's a good one. I also love fucking to Frank Sinatra. That's very New York of you. <laughs> New York. <laughs> yeah, it is on brand. Huh. Are you like, do you have a sex playlist or are you just like, mm, no, I don't. But you know what? I should. Cause I was like, I slept with this guy and he put on his tunes and I was like, you're literally killing the vibe. <laughs> like we're not at it. We're not like at Tiesto right now in Miami. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have sex to music a lot, but I actually love music. And I, I, when I have had fun. sex to music, I like it. Yeah. Um, but it's very distracting to me because I'm such a like lyrics heavy person. Like, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't like, especially like if a TV show's on and we just like happen to start having sex. Like I'm like, I can't have this on right now. Like I can hear what TV show. You're just having to have this sex. <laughs> with? Like what? Like what's the show? No, like the I'm last time it happened, I would, we were literally watching this show on Netflix called designated survivor. That's about like, you don't talk about. Yes, that's the show you were. No, it's to? not a sexy show it at all. Mm. It's about like uh, the presidency. <laughs> hot. The government, not hot. No, um, it just happened. You know, you're Netflixing, and then like you know, can't get red, white, and blue balls. You know I mean? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um. What was my? Oh, a song I like. You know, "Oops, Oh My" by Tweet. That's perfect for this game. It's about masturbating. Obsessed. "Oops, Oh My" is like the sexiest song. I love that. Okay, like, amazing. My neck, my back. It's okay. actually not. Really that makes me want to just like shake my ass, not like have sex. <laughs> well, it depends on what, you know what I mean? Um, okay, awesome. I have one last question for all my guests. And it's, is there anything you want to be vulnerable about? This is, I'm asking Serena, not SFK. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> SFK would be like, what is vulnerable? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... You ask this to all your guests? Every guest. Completely and everyone. Yeah. And what do they say? And everyone has different answers. That's why I love asking it because some people get deep with it. Some people don't. And some people like my, I don't know. I never know what anyone's going to say, but it's just like anything that's on your mind right now that you're feeling like on your heart that you want to be vulnerable about. The name of the show is vulnerable. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I was seeing this guy and like I ended things because I just felt he was 
he was fucking other girls and I found out and I just felt like it was so disrespectful. Like, I feel like when you're talking to someone on the phone every day and you're being intimate with them and like, you're, I don't know. And his excuse was he was always busy all the time, but he was like busy dating other women. (laughs) I was just like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. I felt like really, there was a lot of, I felt like he was very deceptive. Yeah. and I think the different, the one thing I will say about this is like, even though I've said a lot, probably too much shit. Damn. Okay. It's okay. He's not going to hear this. He's definitely going to hear it. But um, <laughs> I mean, me. Uh, no, that like, when you feel this intuition about someone, you have to trust it. And I know we always say that, but I think what was happening was like, I was like, am I just being really paranoid because like we're being intimate and vulnerable with one another and I'm scared? Mm. Or am I just feeling like there's something not right here? And I went back and forth for a long time and I finally like found out information and I I, I realized, like I saw the, inf- I just like kind of like pulled out bird's eye and I was like seeing everything way more clearly. And like this whole thing of like, I'm just so busy, like no fucking way you're busier than me. Like, there's just no way. Like, I'm so sorry. Like you're not, especially given like what he did and everything. I was just like, no, you're not. And it's like, you're never too busy to text someone. You're never too busy to, if you like someone, like you, you make time. Right. And I think that like, I was just feeling some type of way for a while and I didn't trust my intuition. And then I ended up being right. So I'm just like saying, like, if you feel anything in your body, it's telling you like, this doesn't feel good for me. Just walk away. And I did. Was it like you felt like there was some lying or deception or you just felt like off in general or both? (laughs) I don't know. It's like I think your body keeps score and it it can feel, it can sense danger, obviously, because we're animals before your mind. So I would remember like being on the date and like just feeling tense Mm. and like, and I thought like, I mean, he was definitely quirky and different and different than any guy I've ever dated. So I was like, maybe I'm just not used to this kind of personality type. Yeah. Or maybe I just really like him. So that's why I'm like all like closed off. But no, like I just, I knew something was off. I felt like he was lying to me or like, I just, I knew, I mean, and he, and he was, he just wasn't really being honest with me. Right. So I'm just saying that, like, that was like a really vulnerable, like real lesson that I just went through, which was like, if it feels, if it doesn't feel good, like you're not crazy. Like, cause that's what I would tell myself. I'm like, I'm so fucking paranoid. You know? Mm. And I'm like, I'm not. But I feel like it's so hard, so hard to listen to your intuition because it could be so many different things. And I think we also have a bad habit of like justifying things. A hundred percent. So like whenever I feel like things in my body and I'm just like, that feels off or this feels weird. I'm like, okay, well, I could just be triggered because the last guy I dated did this to me. So that's or like what he brought up. He was like, who hurt you? Like who? And so I was like, oh my God, I have trust issues. Like, yeah. What's wrong with me? And it's like, of course I have trust issues. I'm a straight woman, like in, <laughs> in New York City, 29 <laughs> years old. Like, of course, but... But that feeling, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's so hard to listen to it. God damn. It's so hard. But yeah. It's like your, it's your North Star. It's your, I think it's like a guardian angel because it's the one thing that really isn't like, I think it is actually, and I don't know, I can't prove this. I'm not a scientist, but I would argue that that intuition isn't really affected by the trust issues or that past experiences. Like what if that intuition is actually just like your gut feeling that that doesn't have memory about like mm. your past? Wow, that was really philosophical. But do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like maybe your that intuition is just literally like that feeling like no, like right. or or you know the answer to something, but it's like completely unaffected by like societal pressures or what other people say or other opinions or like other things that have happened to you. So you have to listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, everyone listen to your intuition, including me. I'm telling myself this. No, literally though. <laughs> Anytime I have it, I'm like, 
Yeah. You know? Well, I'm proud of you. But it's never easy to walk away from. I was so happy because I'm always the one that's getting dubbed out. So <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, let's go. It felt good to be on the other side. Not out of like, you know, being petty or, or right. like being like, I have to end it first. It was more like I chose myself. Yeah. I chose to empower myself. And like I chose to have standards and set boundaries. It was a boundary thing. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't make me feel good. And choosing yourself is something you will never, ever regret. Ever. That is an amazing place to end on. Um, tell everyone where they can find you on socials. Serena Harrigan across everything, including Facebook, if you want to hit me. <laughs> sure. What? I had um, Andrew Spencer on and he was like, yeah, you can find me on MySpace. And I was just sitting here listening to him like list things and I didn't even catch it. And I was like, shut it. up. I, I did love MySpace. You obviously had a MySpace, yes. right? Yes, yes, of course. I don't have that anymore. Um, but it should come <laughs> back for sure. No, Serena Harrigan and everything. You can buy the card game on letsfuckingdate.com and it's pretty sexual as Chelsea <laughs> showed us so have fun but you can play with friends you just have to be a little more selective about yeah do you think like let's fucking date is better for friends I probably yeah I mix them all up when I'm with friends and we just kind of go through it but got it yeah um and you can find us at vulnerable pod on youtube you can watch this episode you can find me at chelsea vaughn on insta at chelsea vaughn underscore on tiktok and also, if you want to watch Bachelor in Paradise Canada, it's still on. I have a VPN. It's in the description of this episode. Yes. LSG. VPN. So click on the link in the description and you can use my code Chelsea. And that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.